0: Hello, hello, patrons. Welcome to the inaugural episode of our uh, new Patreon sideshow. Uh, I guess I don't know how yeah, to put it. Yeah, what are we to, calling to this? It. <laughs> um, Well, the, the, the tile we have is watching the watch list. Uh, this is um, going to be a monthly episode for the lower tiers. Uh, by the way, I mean, you know who this is because if you're a patron, you already know who we are, but Devon. Hello, Garrett. Garrett. Hi. Nice to have you here. You know, we don't have to be as formal on these episodes. That's right. I I took off
1: my three-piece suit that I normally wear (laughs) on the podcast and I got sweatpants and slippers on, Devon.
0: (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, this will be, you know, more laid back kind of stuff. Like, uh, so, so watching the watch list, this will be our, our uh, lowest tier for Patreon. So like the, you know, you only do the $2, then you get this uh, bonus monthly show. And uh, this will kind of be like um, how me and Garrett talk about movies when we're not recording main feed episodes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So kind of the impetus of this is we're both uh, pretty heavy letterbox users as a lot of the kiddos are these days. And uh, I don't know about you, but I I follow a lot of people that... that Uh, You know, friends, of course, but also people whose tastes I really uh, either are in line with or just kind of interested to hear what their takes are on certain movies. And when kind of the horror homies, you know, log a movie and they give it a really high score, I immediately add it to the watch list, which is you know, surmounted to this giant behemoth of a Mm -hmm. watch list. Most of the movies I will probably never get around to watching. I have over a thousand movies in the watch list. So kind of the impetus of this is narrowing some of that down a little bit. So yeah, you and I are going to take a look at each other's letterbox watch list and pick a movie in that watch list that one of us has seen. So I will go into your watch list, find a movie that you've not seen, but I have Mm -hmm. and kind of assign it to you. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to do the same thing and just kind of keep it going that way yeah. we're knocking some of this uh, thousand movie watch list down a we're, little bit
0: we're knocking stuff out i think it's a fun way because especially now that we've been doing this together for almost two years now mm-hmm. uh you know we know each other's tastes fairly well so like i think it'll be a fun experiment and being like okay i want to see like what your reactions get be to this or yeah. like something like that or um like one thing for me especially that i'm very proud of this year and i'm happy to start knocking more stuff off the watch list is like typically on my pie chart for the year my rewatches like outnumbers my watch my my first time watches because yeah. I re movies a lot like yeah. that's kind of a thing for me well, so like, well
1: you're a stoner and as I've come to find out as I've smoked more re-watching movies is way better than watching movies for the first time <laughs> while you're stoned <laughs> exactly
0: so so but this year I'm my my pie chart is almost one-to-one like it's almost even nice uh the the re-watches still skew it out a little bit just since I watch movies at work and stuff and those are always re-watches sure, sure. um so the rewatches by I think it's like 55, 45% right nice. now. So I'm pretty proud of myself on, you know, you know, me and you, we both like to try to obviously expand our film knowledge and, you know, watching new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm very excited. So uh, we did already give our suggestions like off air because the way it'll work is at the end of this episode, we'll recommend the one for next month. Yes. Um, and these episodes will typically come out around uh, the first week of the month, but we'll be talking about the previous month so yes this, we're talking about November today but this will be coming out first week of December and that's yes. pretty much how we'll go forward and
1: so on and so forth so yeah uh, whether this is kind of choosing the other film because we're curious what the other person thinks or just hey, maybe you should watch this kind of classic horror movie because I know that there are some like really super famous horror movies that you and I have never seen so uh, I'm excited to get on into it do we want to reveal what the, the movies were for each other what what we chose for each other to run the gamut run the yeah gamut?
0: We, we can reveal them now because We're going to do Our individual recaps Before we get into The assignments So um, I assigned uh, The stylist To Garrett Which uh, has a little bit Of podcast lore It's come up in movie math A few times Yeah Um, And I recently Just wrote an article About it So it was kind of On my mind A little bit more So And it was a Blu-ray That Garrett's had For a few months So I was like Okay (laughs) let me get you Let me give you That Blu-ray
1: back No you let me borrow it uh, And friend of the show Who's also been on Mikey also let me borrow um, Mikey Chu uh, let me borrow uh, A few of his movies So I had this Like stack of movies that I had to watch, and the stylist was in there, so I'm fine to, uh, uh, finally glad to uh, have watched that, and then I. Uh, recommended to you uh, Shin Godzilla, which came out a few years ago, but there's a new Godzilla movie from Toho on the horizon, so um, it's not necessarily connected to that one. But I was about it, to is, ask, yeah. I was
0: like, is Minus One connected at all? As far I mean, as, I'd assume so by the end of Shin Godzilla.
1: I'm not a Zilla zealot, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the, uh, the, the, the what's canon, what's not, but as far as I know, it's not. Uh, but I, I think there are a lot of Godzilla fans out there who love Shin Godzilla, and I was like, you know what? Godzilla movie coming out that's perfect let's go ahead and watch that so I I, I have
0: had a I have had a year of watching a lot of uh, kaiju movies Uh, it's uh, emerging as a a new favorite subgenre of mine so uh, yeah but before we get into the assigned movies let's go ahead and uh, do our individual recaps for the month yeah All right, Garrett. So uh, we'll start with some numbers. Um, how many uh, horror movies did you watch in November? If we're
1: talking straight up horror, it's 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 pretty sad. Uh, Halloween uh, season and October season, September, and all of that. That was really where I was jacking up the numbers. Where now, uh, you know, very very busy. I've only watched four. Uh, I'm sorry. It's 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 not as high. If you count Saltburn, which we may or may not talk about, it would be five. That's more of like a a thriller, but straight up horror. Um, it's been for. Uh, I'm curious what your what your number has been because I know when you watch movies, it's generally horror movies. Where I, I'm a bit all over the place.
0: Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, my number is actually a little bit low as well. I think you know, like you said, November, everyone kind of even for us horror people, like you know, we get a little uh, you know, spooky, burnt out, you know, yeah. around October. Um. When you know we're like. You know, yeah <laughs> really putting them down you know so like i think as far as like true horror movies i think i only have like 4 and then i have like 3 that are like kind of on the fringes a L- little questionable um you know so um but uh so what is a watch that uh, stood out to you this month whether it be a first time or a rewatch
1: a uh, first time watch for me was uh, hell house llc the mm-hmm. 2015 mm-hmm. film now this is a movie that i had heard so much about spawn mini sequels is also quite popular among horror fans uh i knew you were not the biggest fan of it. So I was kind of curious because I, I think you and I sometimes will either be like directly opposed to each other mm-hmm. uh like our opinions on movies or we'll be like the exact same. And there's rarely kind of a uh, room in between. And I think confidently that I'm in the same boat as you with Hellhouse, LLC it's fine. It's fine. Like I'm not a big found footage guy in general. uh, So you definitely kind of have to win me over a little bit in that regard. But I thought that there was just not a lot to like about the film. I think it was okay as far as like a lot of found footage movies go. Um, I certainly understand why some people like it. I think there's some interesting like kind of lore established in the film. And I am genuinely curious to check out some of the sequels and see if they're better, worse, weirder, whatever. Um, But that first one there didn't quite knock my socks off uh, in a way that i was hoping
0: yeah i'm i'm the exact same way like i remember it was like a few years ago i had the same thing i was like everybody loves this movie everybody talks about so much let me check it out and i mean i was so just like "Eh." yeah like (laughs) like i mean it's a it's a fine spook them up um i mean i it gets points for being found footage for me uh, because i'm a found footage fan um but like i i mean it has a couple scary sequences but, like, I mean, like, the thing that I always see people talk about is that, like, not only is it scary, but, like, you also, like, care about this uh, crew of characters. I'm like, uh, This pack no. of morons? This pack of idiots? I was like, <laughs> they all fucking suck. They are all so annoying and so ridiculous, and you are supposed to like them. So, it's not even, like, oh, have a like unlikable sure, protagonist sure, yeah. or anything besides, like, the main guy. But, like, you're supposed to be endeared to these people, and I am so not like yeah. and and I find it just uh kind of boring. It takes a long time and then like the final third act is pretty disappointing. Yeah. Like it it's like some mayhem a little bit, but like there's not really much going on. Um what I'll say for the sequels, because I did watch I did watch two and three um for Pod and Pendulum. I did an episode on three. Um I think two is better than the first one. Okay. Not by marginally much, but the second one is at least having fun. And has some interesting ideas in the way that it continues the legacy from the first one. That is kind of, I think, the most interesting part about the series okay. is the way that number two expands upon it, and then the way that number three expands upon it, uh, and then number three goes way off the deep end into cuckoo bananas town. See, I need
1: a little bit more cuckoo bananas, which was, which
0: a little too a little too dry for my liking. You know? I mean, watch watch two. Because I think, if if, since we are kind of on the same track, I think you might also enjoy 2 quite a bit. Okay. um, Because especially the found footage format that they use for it is very fascinating. Um, But then 3, depending on how you feel about 2 is... Depending okay. on if you watch three, uh, I'm gonna watch the prequel at some point just because I'm a completionist. But yeah. yeah, I also do not really care for this franchise all too much.
1: Yeah, I I, I certainly understand why a lot of people like this, especially found footage fans. Uh, it wasn't one that I was like, this is this is dog shit. But it was just one movie that I know a lot of genre fans were really obsessed with and, and really loved. And so I was a little a little disappointed that it wasn't uh you know quite for me. But what about you? Were there any movies that really stood out for you this month?
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm looking at mine. I actually didn't have too many first time watches this month. Uh, a lot of these were rewatches. watches um, I mean, uh, the killer doesn't count as horror, but I mean, it's got some thrilling stuff in it. But um, we've we've already I'm surprised ta- to hear you say that. We've already talked enough <laughs> about about that one. It's so good.
1: David Fincher's new movie, is so good, guys. <laughs> uh, as
0: we're speaking on Letterboxd, whenever I was going back on yours and I saw what you said about it is maybe the most disrespectful thing you've ever said about a movie <laughs> uh people uh garrett compared said the killer is david fincher directing american psycho it so is that i have the text to back so it up i have not. the
1: text to back it up i'm not even talking quality just purely like the, the text of the film we, we can talk about it off <laughs> off air a little bit but yeah really loved it i can't wait to watch it again i was
0: i felt i was offended by that i was offended by that comment dang um but um but for me as far as first time watches yeah i really don't have too many except for i mean we both saw thanksgiving um and then um we've already kind of given uh some brief thoughts on it's a wonderful life or it's a wonderful knife as (laughs) well yeah um but we were talking to tyler about that so we didn't really get to give too many actual thoughts um because as far as the holiday slashers that we got back to back, I prefer Wonderful Knife uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Thanksgiving was fine, but it was not fun enough. It yeah. didn't have the personality to it. Yeah. As Versus, far as
1: we know, Tyler's not a
0: Zionist either, which you know helps. <laughs> that also helps. Uh, very nice guy, Tyler. He's Canadian. He couldn't be. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> um, but so with a wonder with it's a wonderful knife um which for one i still have not watched it's a wonderful life madness i'm gonna
1: that's gonna be the movie that i I i'll rectify it this month there's ghosts in that and stuff you know i'll I'll rectify (laughs) it this month
0: i i will because now i feel like i need to um but i really enjoyed its unabashed kind of goofy wholesomeness Mm -hmm. and like it wasn't afraid to be silly and it was also like kind of uh you know hitting on some of those tones of like you know 80s 90s holiday films um where it's just like kind of uh, but but like it's so very earnest about it's like it's not it like it's not being silly or cheesy with like a wink or anything it's just being it you know it in and i really appreciate that because i thought the tone was a very fun of it um And the way that it uses the premise of It's a Wonderful Life, which, even though I haven't seen the movie, I do obviously know the premise and beats of it. Um, So I thought that played out in a very interesting way to um, make an interesting mystery uh, with a little supernatural angle to it. Um, I love the design of the angel killer. And uh, some of the kills and set pieces were really fun. Uh, My biggest complaint with the film is we just don't get enough of them. Mm -hmm. I could have taken another set piece or two, Mm -hmm. but they are spending so much time with these characters and and our main character, like actually, you know, learning a lesson and kind of trying to. Uh, figure that out as well as kind of having a little bit of a romance. Um I thought I thought Winnie and Bernie were so fucking adorable. Yeah. I, I would also kill for Bernie. Um <laughs> she is uh one of my favorite characters uh from from the year. And of course Justin Long. Hilarious. Justin Long. Veneer's a spray tank. <laughs> he is I mean you can't like Justin Long cannot do wrong in a genre film. Like, yeah,
1: he's such a, a fun addition to the movie talking with like this weird kind of like friendly, but in a condescending way, like Southern draw, it's, it's fantastic. But yeah, I really had a lot of fun uh, with the film. I wasn't head over heels for it or anything, but I also really love how it is just fully itself. And I think, uh, the, the humor that is in the film, uh, I think works really well. I actually could have used a little bit more of the humor because I think that, uh, the, the film's sense of humor is, is really strong. Uh, uh for those of you who have seen the uh, film, uh, you would know that, uh, after uh, the, the the lead character, you know, makes this wish and goes back to sort of this dystopian future, everyone that they go to school with is just smoking crack, <laughs> <I> <laughs> which thought is that so was... fucking funny. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> they go to this party, which is just like, still like kind of a normal house, but now it's just a crack house and all of her friends are just doing hard drugs. Uh, it, Yeah, the, the the humor that is in the movie, I think really worked for me. I just also could have used a little bit more of that as well as uh, more of the, the spook-em-up slasher kind of vibes rather than just being mostly a mystery I liked the mystery I think that the movie also has some interesting twists and turns to where you know the characters have one goal and they accomplish that goal but maybe it didn't solve it exactly the way that they thought it would and the movie continues to go and and rather than being tedious or being like oh my god there's still more movie here you know I felt like it really was able to have this uh, great kind of forward momentum it's also really short you know so Mm -hmm. it was just a really fun watch that I could totally see a lot of people throwing on around this time of year so yeah I also had a lot of fun with that one
0: yeah Yeah, so uh, obviously we already did our episode on Strangers of a Train with Tyler McIntyre, the director, and we got to get a little insight from him on it. And then as this is uh, released, um, you can also go to the main feed and listen to an interview with the writer, Michael Kennedy, um, who is kind of responsible for a lot of the the, the humor and personality of this film. Um, And the last thing I'll say is um, I loved watching this film, and I think this film is a great example of whenever you see these like stupid people online that were complaining about, Oh, this is such a woke movie. And like, why do all the characters gotta be gay? Why is all this gotta be blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, after finally, after seeing all of that and then finally watching it, I love that this is a movie where it's just gay people existing. That's literally it. There, there, there is no agenda being pushed in this. You don't even really think it's a romance between Mm -hmm. Winnie and Bernie until like, well, you know, into the film. Uh, so it's like it, it's like it's literally just gay people existing. The all, brother is just gay. He's just there The and is gay, yeah. but she's just there like there's nothing yeah. else to it. But also, know?
1: even if every <laughs> single character in the movie was gay, that's fine because there are heaps of movies where every single character is yes. straight, but nobody seems to give a shit about that. So queer you know. people
0: exist in like yeah. Christmas. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> What a crazy concept. Yes. Um, Were there any rewatches that you had that uh, maybe you hadn't like seen in a while or you kind of had a newfound appreciation for it maybe um we did the uh, commentary for
1: blood uh, blood rage which was my second go around for that and after watching that the first time uh it was uh it's it's a lot to take in uh, for a film because it's like yes it's a slasher movie and yes it's kind of like a knockoff halloween uh, uh movie uh, certainly kind of like you know uh miming a lot of what that film did well but then it's also so much more to where it's this weird like pseudosexual like freudian kind of <laughs> blood soaked you know murder spree uh so there really is uh, a lot to take in there which you can certainly uh, uh hear on our commentary which was a lot of fun and that, that was something i had never really done before and i'm really looking forward to uh doing that more but yeah a lot of the rewatches that i've done this month uh, uh have been um you know more your your christmas kind of fare uh trying to get a lot of that in but as far as uh, horror goes yeah blood rage was uh, really fun to rewatch that for the podcast
0: yeah, uh, it it definitely is quite a lot of moving parts going on, you know, and you yeah. have a lot of questions the first time. So then after you've seen it, and then you can and like just really just like it, settle into know? it. Yeah. Uh, it's such a good time. So I hope you guys had fun with that. And I'm also very excited to do more um commentaries as well um for me um so i kind of was doing a thing all month where i was just like trying to find november movies i'm like what does it mean to be a november movie and i've made a list so you can go check out the full list um in some of the rewatches and maybe not exclusively horror but i would still count it i think it would still so, well actually i don't know this, it, this is kind of on the borderline um but i mean as a seminal november movie i mean knives out is so great i also watch that too <laughs> so, it's such a great like i've like it's become a tradition uh for me to watch it in, in november every year i mean you got you got squabbling families you got every piece of comfy outerwear you can think we got cardigans we got pea coats exactly. we got three quarter zips <laughs> like you know like i mean it's got all the things and it's just such a fun murder mystery yeah. and it's such a testament to the film that it's like obviously the whole movie hinges on it being this murder mystery and then like it's like kind of like the age-old question with a lot of movies like if you know the answer and the twist like how do the rewatches play out and still entertaining yeah. front to back every single time. And
1: there's something great about that film, too, that even on a rewatch, um, I, I, I think that the film has so much fun in revealing kind of that twist, like three quarters halfway through the movie. And then kind of this other mystery sort of uh, uh, reveals itself. I also uh, watched that on on Thanksgiving because it's families and they're yelling at each other and everybody hates each other, which that's that's Thanksgiving. So <laughs> you kind of have to throw it on this time of year
0: yeah for sure um and yeah like because like those those are i guess whenever i'm looking for november movies those are like the tenants i'm looking for i'm looking for uh, a sense of coziness and warmth Mm and in in, in some way uh, against the chilly weather yeah Uh, you got to have some like chilly aesthetic this movie is very foggy there's Mm -hmm. leaves everywhere uh the house looks amazing in these exterior shots um the outerwear is very important. The, Gotta have the, sweaters. The, the fashion is very important for November movies. Yeah. A fireplace,
1: um, hopefully. You know, extra points if there's a fireplace. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then and then some sort of layered some sort of layered um theme of family and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know obviously we think of warm fuzzy thoughts like Mm -hmm. oh coming together and being thankful for one another but we also know that holidays are times where tensions run high sometimes between these family members you don't see often or you have complicated relationships with yeah so i always find that stuff funny as well um uh also um those were all the tweets that I was like getting like big numbers on this year too. I did it like five times. I was just like, this is a November movie. Um, uh, and, um, so uh, giving a uh, Suspiria 2018 another rewatch as well, I was like, "This is a November movie." We have a we have found family of witches having a dinner <laughs> while having a telepathic conversation. That's that's Thanksgiving to me. Yeah. Oh God,
1: <laughs> I'm dr- trying to think of where Thanksgiving would be at the the end of that film too, because m-
0: my goodness. <laughs> hey, Thanksgiving is a ritual. It sure it is. is a ritual. It sure is. Um, but yeah. So, um, um, excited. You know, obviously, like I said, um, we both kind of were a little bit stringent for choices and this month just since we were kind of coming down from our horror yeah. high of october so next month we'll yeah. have a little bit more options of our first time watches and rewatches but now let's go ahead and dive into our assignments for today's episode <gasps>
1: Devon, I hate that you called it an assignment. Now I'm thinking that this watching this movie was homework. <laughs> uh, but I watched The Stylist, as uh, Devon had mentioned, a film that came out just a few years ago and is about this, uh, no spoilers, but is about this young woman. Are we doing spoilers? How are we, how are we handling this?
0: Um, I mean... I would say so, no spoilers. Yeah, maybe, let, maybe give a warning. Yeah, since we're talking more brief, we'll do non-spoilers for okay. these. Because hopefully, you know, these are also functioning as suggestions for the rest of you guys, and these aren't full in-depth reviews. So, like, yeah, uh, we'll keep it spoiler-free for these.
1: Yes, of course. So, directed by Jill Gevargizian, I believe as I pronounce <laughs> it, uh, from 2020. It's about this woman who is this hairstylist, uh, works at a salon, and... Uh, starts to take an interest in some of her uh, clients, I will say, starts uh, killing them in these very uh, spectacular ways, and then takes their hair that has just recently been cut Uh, takes it home for themselves by scalping these poor people and uh, she finds this uh, client who soon becomes a friend and then maybe uh, there's something romantic there as well and so she's kind of having this battle with herself of this dark urge that she has but also this this love for this person Uh, and I certainly understand why this is a a, a Devon movie I think that this Mm -hmm. has got you written all over it but I do think it's funny that we we watched the Maniac movies uh, uh, and I believe that this film was in your movie math for least one of them i presume the newer one yes uh and i don't really care for either maniac movies and devon went oh i've got a movie for you i know what you would love
0: proto maniac well, <laughs> well, I, well i remember when we when we were doing the movies and i, when I mentioned it movie math yeah. you were like "Ooh, that sounds interesting yeah. i think i sold it to you i think i've described the maniac as like uh or er, described the stylist as Maniac meets Sweeney Todd in a way. Yeah. Um, So I think whenever I mentioned that, you like sounded intrigued by it. So I was like, okay, let me, And, and, and it has more depth than I think either Maniac movie does, at least on an emotional level. I would
1: agree. The movie does have this kind of emotional core to it about this relationship. And you do feel a bit of sympathy for this poor girl because she really feels like she doesn't want to do this. Like it's a Mm compulsionary kind of thing and that she's really kind of fighting against herself in this way and that there's even scenes to where um, towards the beginning of the movie, where she is kind of doing this ritualistic thing with this hair, which I won't get really get into too far into the weeds about, but uh, she she cries before she does it, even though she's by herself, and it really just feels like a. I have no choice but to do this, you know, and uh, she hates kind of this reality that she's kind of made for herself. Uh, but overall, I thought the movie was pretty good. I wasn't obsessed with it. Um, there were some filmmaking stuff that just it was kind of getting in the way for me. I didn't love how the movie was shot um, it felt kind of like a CW film for me, and then there was a lot of performances that didn't quite work for me. Apparently, I'm kind of in the minority on that. I saw a lot of people praising uh, the performances uh, on Letterboxd, but personally, it uh, felt a little inauthentic for myself. But um, I really like the heart of the film. I really like the relationship at, at the core of this movie. There's also the the woman that she uh, is kind of fawning over is in this like you know very heteronormative relationship, and she kind of has like an envy because of that, because of the guy that she's with fucking sucks and so she kind of wishes that she could give this woman more but also knowing what she's capable of and I felt that push and pull kind of inside the character I, I, I found to be um really compelling but yeah I think it really does wear its influences on its sleeves it's super easy to compare it to Maniac but I, I agree I think that this film does have more to say than Maniac does which is kind of my frustration with those movies is because mm-hmm. it's mostly just like hey isn't this guy fucking crazy and you're like yeah he is yes, you yeah. know and then that's about <laughs> It you know, so uh, the stylus I do feel was a bit more um substantive, but still didn't quite um, you know, blow me over. But I did enjoy it,
0: yeah. No, I, I can totally feel that. I mean, uh, yeah, this movie. It uh, hits for me in a in a lot of different ways, and I thought maybe one way that you would also probably key into is, I mean, you're a server as well, but I was gonna you know, mention that. Yeah. But you're in a different style of service than I am, though. Yeah. You know, like breakfast diners and stuff is a lot more fast paced and it's not sure, as sure. interpersonal. Sometimes. sometimes tell me all your problems, kind yes. of thing. Yes. Yeah. So for me, as a lifelong bartender. And I totally, like, got, like, the the thing behind her, which is interesting because, like, the more I watch it, I don't even see a romance between, like, her and the main one that she is fawning over. Because, well, one, she's into the bari- barista, but two, um, you know, it kind of toes on that line, though, of, like, oh, do I want you or do I want to be you? Mm. And it's, I think firmly, you know, like, she's putting these scalps on because she's trying to live in these kind of people's shoes and these situations that she just doesn't have she's you know socially awkward and all these things but then you see when she's in the salon she can talk and she's in the zone and she can make these connections and stuff and so it reminded me of like you know when and when you kind of make these relationships with these people where does it stop at being a client and when does it actually become a friendship You know, like how like, you know, how much. And so it kind of gets muddied when her regular wants her to do wedding hair, which she swears she never does. Yeah. But then it kind of makes things more personal between them. But it's still a work agreement, you know, so it's a it's it's in this very interesting gray area that I've always found very interesting in that you can be close to these strangers, these strangers that will tell you all sorts of shit just because you are a stranger that they're only going to hang out with for an hour. So they'll be very intimate with you, but at the same time, you wouldn't call them your friends. Like I, yeah. I would say, oh, my regular, we were saying something yeah. like this, but I wouldn't ever call them a friend, you know, which is a very interesting thing and like the fear of, you know, does this person actually want a relationship with me or is it because... They're the, paid the, to be here. Because you know? <laughs> it, it's a payment thing, like, you know, like where does the, the friendship end? Does the friendship end when the appointment ends? Um, yeah. And so that's kind of... um. Uh, the the, uh, thesis behind the article I was writing for uh, Mm Surf I Forgotten which uh, I thought it was going up this month but I guess it will be going up next month so be on the lookout for that Um, but yeah um, and it was uh, very fun Um, I rewatched it with the commentary so I can like Kind of get some extra notes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gavardzian is a, uh, a a local Midwesterner, just ooh, like us. A uh, Kansas City native. Nice. Uh, she made she filmed the entire thing in Kansas City. Very the nice. uh, salon was actually the salon that she still currently works at oh, right that's now. Spectacular. She she makes films, but she is also still a full time hairstylist oh, wow. as well. That's yeah. So cool. this is a very personal, very like very personal film. Yeah, and
1: I really felt that too because I totally uh, I was going to p- mention that too because um, I, I I thought that that would be something that you really liked. It's kind of this like. I don't know, weird kind of anonymity that happens when you're a server or any kind of service industry thing and you have customers who are willing to tell you like pretty personal shit, you know, certainly more personal than you would tell a lot of people. But there's this idea that, you know, it's it's a transaction and you're going to leave. And so there's this kind of like. Talking to a wall, almost NPC sort of venting thing that happens, and I think a lot of people just forget that you you are also talking to uh, talking to a person with their own issues and their own thoughts and opinions and experiences mm-hmm. and all of these things. So yeah, I I was really interested in that too because yeah, S- Sweeney Todd is more of like a um a vendetta justice yes. sort of thing yeah. where this is more of kind of the weird push and pull relationship between uh you know a client and you know the the person that they're kind of paying to do this service for them.
0: Yeah, like I just watched the whole thing and I mm-hmm. severely empathize with Claire. Mm-hmm. Like I I empathize with her like to a degree, like maybe not as much as I do Mary and American Mary, but kind of to a similar degree that I can see the pain that she's in and mm-hmm. like, you know, the you know, sadness that like weighs on her yeah. that compels her to do these things. Like you said, like it's not because she I mean, she is still a sociopath to a degree, but she sure is. But she's not killing <laughs> because she wants to kill you know so like um and this is uh based off of a short film um and the short film is basically the the opening to this film like the opening scene um but it's like it's a with a little bit more the the short film itself is like 12 minutes uh, you can find it on youtube um and uh it's uh, the same actress um as well playing claire oh nice so it was like, I always like uh, seeing those evolutions as well of, you know, short films that get expanded upon into full films right. and, you yeah. know, it, you can definitely feel the, the, the passion behind it. And I thought it was a great uh, debut for uh, Jill Gavardzian as well.
1: Yeah. I also was uh, quite impressed and I would definitely uh, care to see more. So I'm really excited to kind of see what they, uh, you know, are cooking up in the future. But yeah. you, you also uh, had an assignment this week, Devon, did you complete your homework?
0: Yes, right right in time right under the wire uh before you got here. Um watching Shin Godzilla and like I said a bit ago like I've been uh appreciating kaiju movies a little bit more um because I think it's very fascinating because like you watch them so differently as a kid than when you do as an adult mm-hmm. because a lot of them are always having these like big, you know, political issues, societal issues um, you know, it you know, going on along it versus when you're younger and you watch kaiju movies, oh, I'm just waiting for the giant monster. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's very fascinating that, you know, watching more of them now as an adult and like kind of keying into the way that they use these monsters as metaphors. Um, and there's also like a very, you know, tried and true template and format to these kind of movies. Right. Um so so for this one, um, I because I remember I remember when this came out, people were hyping it up because people were so disappointed by 2014 Godzilla, Mm -hmm. um, which after I did my rewatch of the MonsterVerse earlier this year, um, now I feel bad for people shitting on the 2014 one because it's like, you know, people shit on it because they're like, oh, there's not enough Godzilla and we have these human people. But then I was also watching this. I'm like, okay, but at least in the Godzilla 2014, we're like with civilians and people on the ground as well. Um, so like for me, the way that I rate this movie is Godzilla stuff eight out of ten. The the, the I love the design of Gojira in this one. a
1: creepy little weird little guppy lizard man swimming around on the fucking roads. No, he has <laughs> roads like a like puppy wiggle. <laughs> it's so weird. Like like <laughs> it literally has like a he
0: has like a little puppy wiggle. No eyelids
1: either. Just, just ugh, it's With, weird looking man. Yes. <laughs> and and I
0: mean from the Godzilla movies that I've seen, we don't really have. A, a, a Gojira that has multiple ev- stages of evolution like this one, which I found fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the different stages. Um, And even the eyes is an interesting thing because like the eyes get smaller and smaller as they kind of de not dehumanize, but like, you know, see this as less and less of an actual, you know, living creature yeah. versus just seeing it as this, you know, destructive monster. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, so, uh, Gojira stuff. Eight out of ten. Love the design. Love the destruction. Um, you know, like that—that that atomic breast scene is one Dude. of the most. Dude. Gorgeous things I've ever seen <laughs> Dude, it's so in my cool. life.
1: Yeah, a lot of the Godzilla stuff in this, I, I, and I, I, I see where you're going for this, but to me, this is like one of those kaiju movies that you're like, I just kind of want to watch that scene on YouTube, and then instead of rewatching the movie, you kind of just watch that scene. Um, but I will say, in defense of the 2014 Godzilla movie, I believe at the time that movie has more Godzilla screen time than any other Godzilla film. Yet that movie still gets that criticism of mm-hmm. not enough Godzilla. Oh, because it was like, the pacing. Of- of it you right know, yeah yeah why they, yeah.
0: it's very backloaded of with course, godzilla yeah. just
1: just you know ironic how it works yes, that way where yeah. the most godzilla is still not quite enough but <laughs> yeah i'm curious to see what you think of the human stuff because it sounds like you weren't as much of a fan <laughs> trash
0: like uh, like two out of ten for yeah, for the human tough. stuff like i like because again i i like the metaphors and like the way that they you know continuously tie Uh, these monster movies into uh, political uh, ideals and things like that. Mm -hmm. But just like spending the entire movie with these suits, uh, you don't get to know any of them. Like you know their name and which suit they are in the cabinet but that's it so yeah. it's like there's no getting to know any of the characters um it, none of the character, like the it finally gets a little bit of life when like the female characters actually start coming in because mm-hmm. for the first like 45 minutes of this just it's just a sausage of fest <laughs> of old guy old guys with dark hair and yeah. suits so it's like there's just kind of and you know so like if they would have split it like um because i really like what they did in the opening. Which gave me an interesting idea. I was like, imagine if this would have been, like, half-found footage where, like, it's cutting back between, like, footage of, like, civilians and people on the ground dealing with the stuff. Oh, I see. And then cutting back to the people in the suits, and that be, like, normal. Mm-hmm. Because for them, it's not as big of a deal as it is for the civilians, which yeah. I think is kind of the point in this movie, that, like, they are worried about so much everything else yeah. about... You know, like what are the Americans doing? Uh, should we kill it or capture it? Oh, yeah. this is gotta coming go to up. a
1: different boardroom. And but
0: <laughs> you know, they talk about all these different things, and then there'll be like one person at the end of scenes like, yeah, but we also want to save the civilians, right? And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, whatever. Yeah. So it's like if we would have had time with the civilians, which there's like next to none. Like we spend the entire movie with the suits, the scientists, mm-hmm. um, and all and all these people. Like we never get to see how it's truly affecting the the city except for the obvious destruction so like yeah. that's what bothered me the most about this movie it
1: really is kind of this um because you're exactly right and it's hard to even like uh like argue against it because i think that is so intentional you know it really is just a personal preference thing because as kaiju movies have done since the first uh, godzilla movie did it, you know it is about uh governments and is about countries and kind of how their actions will affect the people who inhabit these countries and i think especially like in a you know post 2020 world where you know we've seen kind of the lackadaisicalness of those in power and how you know what's affecting the people on the ground level doesn't necessarily mean that it's affecting people you know towards the top the people who are you know running the country or or, or what have you i think that the movie does hit a little bit different and i think that there's a nice kind of hope and an optimism uh, optimism to the film about like you know coming together and like trying to unite against this common cause but i do think that that point is made by mostly just showing this very you know uh bureaucracy, just dialogue heavy scenes of these people who are kind of faceless and personality less, you know, kind of dealing with with what's happening here, which I do think makes for a nice contrast because what you're getting with Godzilla is just some of the most metal shit that Godzilla has ever ever done, in my opinion. It's creepy, it's weird. The red and black like Godzilla look is like really, really cool with the purple flames and everything. Like Godzilla back at this point. I think also 2016 was it was nice to see Godzilla back to a point where he was a monster. And he was terrifying, not just like how he is kind of in the monster verse to where he is a threat, he is terrifying, but then he kind of becomes an ally again, or like kind of becomes the good guy, mm-hmm. where in this he's, you know, a menace, he's terrible, you know, so I I, I think it is nice to see that, but I could totally understand the, the complaint of there being too much suitness because this is a two-hour movie and most of it is in a boardroom with people talking. Like
0: there's literally at one point where it's like, okay, we need to dismiss these guys but go into the next boardroom. It's exactly, like, yeah. like or you could just keep talking. And it's that's interesting because I kind of like yes, I did see this version of Gojira as like very scary and like menacing just in its size and destruction, you know? Yeah. But I also was still um I think they characterized it in a very interesting way of like uh, by doing the evolution, it's like, oh, this is, like, literally a newborn toddler that is just confused, doesn't know what to do with fucking itself. It's just literally walking around hey, just it's like... it's
1: two-year-old's a tough age, man.
0: It's literally just, like, walking around being like, ah, I don't know, and then people just start shooting at you and start doing this, and this. it's just like, ah, yeah. like, why do I need to eat nuclear power? It's not my fault, you yeah, know? So, like, sure. I still watch this and, like, that he's not like directly trying to be a menace he's being a menace by accident like because he doesn't know what else to do you know like this sure one is, yeah like, you know and then and the way that and that's where it's like kind of also interesting and like that they kind of don't think of that like the suits you know that is the most interesting human element is like they don't think of it as a creature like they are still thinking of it as one this is like they keep like you know describing it like a like nature events you know mm-hmm. or things like that and it's like no this is a living being but all and, you know and they're just also thinking about like okay well hey well how about we actually don't kill it and we can maybe study this nuclear stuff and harvest the elements from its carcass it's like god damn yeah like you know so it's like there is a dehumanizing of the the suits in that way versus when obviously it is still this very giant monster destroying things like, yeah but like you said like some of the some of the uh, set piece stuff is like really fun like i mean send in all the bomb trains i was like okay i was like you got me there yeah it's i was pretty, like that's really fun pretty fucking <laughs> rad
1: and also seeing it in the theater when it was released was, was pretty pretty sweet too, the, so. the
0: the multiple lasers coming from his back oh man it was like crazy super fucking cool. <laughs> like, there, there's some really cool shots in here but then there's also stuff that like The score is very odd for this movie. Gotcha. But it's like, it feels like their idea of what they think a U.S. action movie score sounds like, (laughs) and maybe that's on purpose, who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, how many uh, like Godzilla movies have you seen overall? Have you seen like all the most recent MonsterVerse stuff?
1: So I've seen the original. I've seen King Kong versus Godzilla. I've seen both of them. Um, so that's that's three. I've seen all of the new MonsterVerse movies. What's how many are there? Like five now? Or four, four and four? now the series. Yeah. So I haven't watched the series yet. And then I've seen the Broderick one, um, which which uh, is obviously dog shit um (laughs) uh but i've seen uh shin godzilla and i'm very excited for minus one so i mean a a pretty healthy amount but not you know, I'm not, I mean, like, there is literally so yeah. many, like yeah. there
0: are, and I know people that like dedicate themselves to like, you know, you like, know what
1: though, there's also, uh, on Pluto TV, they have the Godzilla channel. I believe it's Pluto and it's just Godzilla all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'm, I think that's pretty sick that's that, a, that exists out there. <laughs> it's a great channel.
0: Godzilla deserves it. Um, and like, yeah, it, it's been a, um, uh, because almost all of them are on HBO max as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we love to put them on at the bar. Like people love watching these at the bar. Like, yeah. Cause it's like, you know, yeah, it's like guys in rubber you...
1: suits kicking the shit out of each because other. Because
0: when you know? you're not, when you're watching it and not having to just listen to people fucking in suits, talking and stuff and you For can sure. like literally yeah. just be at the bar and like look up and you see two monsters fighting. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is fun. You know? So, so I've watched them, uh, in that way, but then I've actually like went back and like actually been watching them. So yeah, I watch all the MonsterVerse stuff and I would say, um out of like the the run of stuff from like the 50s through the 70s I've seen a, I've seen a good chunk of them I'd say, I'd yeah. say I've seen about 6 or 7 have, have of them Have you seen
1: the original? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think the original does really strike that wonderful blend. Obviously 1954 the action's not going to be what it is today, but I do think that that film is quite personal and really does follow a lot of the people, a lot of the civilians who you're able to kind of you know uh emotionally latch onto a bit more rather than these kind of cold you know board meetings and stuff like that so no. i think i think uh, uh, even though Shin Godzilla is like 120 minutes long maybe cut back a little bit of the boardroom stuff and i think yeah adding a bit more of the human a bit more of the relatability or somebody who is in the boardrooms that is kind of the point of view character i think would be helpful and i feel like minus one could be a great mixture of both
0: I really hope so. Yeah, because I would say like yeah, because Shin Godzilla doesn't really have a protagonist. Like like it's literally just a glob of dudes (laughs) uh, in suits um yeah but like yeah i want to see more of the civilian stuff i want to see more of like like in some of like uh the uh 60s ones like give me the stuff where it's like there's a a group a, a culture that worships mothra as a god like give me that give Damn. me that stuff you yeah. know like I, I, I want the cult of mothra kind of stuff in these monster movies <laughs> yeah. and and not so much of um uh, it's the, so the funny political stuff
1: because the godzilla movies the the you win some and you lose some because a lot of the people are like more godzilla stuff but we're like more people and then people are like less people. It's yeah. like, it's such a hard kind of, uh, you know, uh, tightrope walk to, or tight, yeah, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. It's difficult to kind of walk that balance. It, it
0: really yeah. is. Uh, what, what's your favorite of the Monsterverse ones, the most recent ones? The
1: new batch, uh, I think Kong Skull Island, it fucking is a ripper, man. That movie being, like, set on this, like, Vietnam backdrop, I think it's political as fuck. I think the action is really great. I think there's so many fun scenes in that movie, so many super memorable scenes, uh, really a lot of great humor in the movie. I love that the film has this uh, almost like cynicism to it um, a lot of people point to like certain scenes in that movie being like oh this is stupid or like to post certain scenes out of context uh, one is the very famous like grenade sacrifice tail whip scene which is people point or you post that scene as like uh, you know evidence that that movie sucks and I'm like do you realize you're posting like one of the coolest funniest there's, scenes
0: in that fucking movie there's <laughs> been an odd amount of Kong Skull Island slander lately like people we're posting the the gas mask katana scene. And I'm it's like, dope. what do you mean? It's no, fucking it's
1: cool. cool. Yeah, it's like, so it, cool. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think you and I are actually, we enjoy the the MonsterVerse movies. Are they great? I don't think so, but no. they're fun as fuck to watch. N- none you know? of
0: them are, like, I don't think I have any of them above four stars, yeah. you know, but none of them are lower than three either. They're yeah. all in that three to four range. It's
1: funny how that happened, too. Just like a cinematic universe just built on pretty good movies. <laughs> hey,
0: and, and look what happens when you do it over time. Exactly you take your time you don't announce that it's a universe all yeah. these things like they really have done a really great job of actually building it out as a universe now like this is a fully formed yeah. thing with you know it's got the animated spin off. it's got the uh, live action mm-hmm. uh, show now um, my favorite is uh, King of the Monsters really uh, interesting man King, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, I love Skull Island. Yeah. Um, but King of the Monsters, man. It, you get a lot. You get a good bang for your buck. It There's is, a lot
1: of monster in, in that one.
0: A lot of monsterin. It's fucking gorgeous. Fucking uh uh Vera Farmiga is a, a monster whisperer <laughs> uh and like the worst mom on the planet. Yeah. I love that. Uh, like there's a lot of really cool fucking shit in, yeah. in uh, I mean, they, they, they charge Godzilla up by feeding him nukes. Hell like yeah. that's so fun. <laughs> I think there's
1: any one of those movies. If, if I was at somebody's house or at a bar or something like that, and it just got thrown on, I think I'm going to like, you know, watch it pretty intently. Cause I think that they all really have. I, I, I can think of multiple scenes from each one of the movies that are like a lot of fun and, and, and totally rewatchable. So, yeah, I also, too, uh, I'm I'm excited to watch the new TV show. I hope it's uh, not terrible.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's got Kurt Russell, so I don't think it I don't, I don't think that's possible for and, it to be and, terrible. And uh, Wyatt Russell, oh, father yeah, it's and Yeah,
1: he's playing uh, young Kurt, young Kurt.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think there, if, if Kurt Russell's involved, I don't think there's a way to, for something to be terrible. Nah, but that's just my he's opinion. in
1: one of the Fast and Furious movies, which one who can say? who could say is it like
0: yeah he's a few of them and they rule no that
1: was an insult sorry it no, didn't no. come off as yeah <laughs> I, no no, it registered as an okay. insult i'm just ignoring it is, is what i'm doing because we don't
0: have time to talk fast movies right now um but uh let's go ahead and uh get into our suggestions for next month i'm excited All right. So yeah. So me and Garrett were both looking at each other's watch lists here. Um, did you already have one in mind? Because I'm still one. looking. I've All got right, one. Then you go ahead.
1: Okay, so this is one that I'm very curious to see what you what you think. Cause I could see you being like, This was fantastic, or I could see you being like, This was fucking garbage. Like, why did you make me watch this? So this is from twenty eighteen, directed by Matthew Holness. It's called Possum. Uh, I know it's on <laughs> okay. your watch list. Yep. It is a very odd little movie. Uh, it's just under 90 minutes. It is such a mood. Piece, which is why I'm adding stipulations onto your assignment because you had watch you watched Godzilla like shortly before I came it's the middle of the day you just had breakfast just took the dog out it's like nice and sunny outside I want you to watch this at night mm-hmm. uh, I want you to watch it you know in like pretty isolated you know just kind of get into the grime of it all because it's such a moody movie and I think it really kind of lulls you into it and just kind of this weird nightmarish just like it's just a yucky movie so I'm really excited to, to see what you think of it Uh, beyond just being like creepy and weird I think there's also a lot of really interesting things that the film has to say about um, you know uh, trauma and people's upbringing I won't spoil it but I'm really excited to hear what you think
0: yeah it's I've put it on there and um, I've been uh, I've seen so many like various different things about it, but it luckily is a movie that people are very tight-lipped about. Mm. Like so, like whenever I see people post, they're always posting very vague stuff they there, yeah. and it's always prefaced with "You just gotta watch this." Like I can't sell you on it anymore yeah. than these. It's also like a really hard tidbits. movie to
1: sell people on, other than just being like it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. It's really creepy. <laughs> okay,
0: so so I'm excited for that. Um, for you. Um, I'm thinking we'll go ahead and go. It is December, so we're going to be already watching plenty of uh, Christmas movies. Um, So uh, let's uh, throw a very depraved Christmas movie on here for you. Uh, I want you to watch Inside. Ooh, that's pretty recent, isn't it? Uh, it's uh, 2007.
1: Okay, because I know that there are uh, quite a few movies called Inside. So not the yes. Willem Dafoe one, uh, but 2007's Inside. Yes,
0: 2007, yes. the French film. Um, it did get an American remake in like 20, 2009 or 2010. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. So watch the, the French original version. Um, because this movie is a banger. Um, again, uh, it's probably the most depraved Christmas movie I can think of. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> it, this, uh, it's like a, it's a movie I would love to do a full episode on, but as I look at our themes for 2024, it doesn't really fit into any of them. Okay. Um, so I think it'll be perfect to uh, chat about here and uh, get your thoughts on Inside. Out of
1: my mutuals who have seen it, uh, the lowest review is a four out of five, so I'm very excited it's, to see it. And it's, and it's so streaming good. on Roku and Tubi. So I don't have to rent it. Yay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. This
0: one is a, it's a, it's a banger. Uh, the directors recently did um, uh, The Deep House. Um, if, if you saw that one uh, from a couple years ago, check that um, one out. The, the underwater found footage movie, oh, it's a, it's a, too. it's a, underwater haunted house film. Um, I thought the film was okay, but it's a, it's a technical feat. Like they actually filmed a found footage film underwater oh, wow. and it's pretty fucking sick. Um, so so I give them points there but they also did the Leatherface prequel oh god <laughs> Devon uh, you're not selling me
1: on this <laughs> but no uh, uh,
0: from from what I've seen of their films Inside is far and away the best uh, okay. a, a true true French French extremity masterpiece
1: for those of you who are wanting to watch along uh, Possum is also streaming on Tubi uh, I would say that I would recommend shelling out the money and, and, and renting it because I would hate to interrupt a movie with like hey come to Coles for your Christmas shopping or whatever
0: the fuck ads play on Tubi nowadays oh no that that, that does play into my thoughts whenever I'm picking certain stuff. Like certain stuff, I'm like, okay, if there's ads in this one, it's totally fine. But if it's certain stuff, I'm like, no, I can't. I can't be interrupted. So, yeah. So yeah, possum, I'll probably just go ahead and buy it. I mean, I would say the same for for inside as well. Because, I, but at the same time, it the way it's paced out, I think. The ad breaks will probably be in fine moments. Okay,
1: cool. I'm excited. This will be fun. Yeah, it gives me an excuse to watch more horror movies so I can talk about, you know, uh, what we've been watching in the month uh, beside, you know, what's been on the podcast. So this is fun because I I think you and I have been kind of itching to want to talk about it a a, a bit more. And I'm excited to get your thoughts on some of these uh, classic films or some, you know, unseen gems like Possum.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's hard, you know, because we have so many movies that we want to watch. And then obviously when we pick monthly themes. So it's like not every movie can fit into a month sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know sometimes there's movies where I'm just like oh, I really want to talk about this but it's just not or you not know what look. it still
1: can like I, I think if if it you know comes up we can have more substantive picks or if a guest of ours picked I,
0: I at least feel fine in talking oh, yeah. about no, it we, you know? we can definitely yeah. double dip because again these are just our brief you know spoiler free kind of conversations like yeah. any film is always still up for grabs to to do a full episode on but yeah so those are our movies uh, for next uh, episode of watching a watch list so at the uh, beginning of January um, you will get our December recap and picks uh, for that. Yes, we have uh, the Blood Rage commentary as well, um, and then so um we we're gonna skip Thanksgiving, but I would I I would say Saltburn would be. Okay for a new release Patreon review because yeah. it might not exactly fit fit on the main feed, but I think we could do a a, a new release episode. For also, that.
1: it's our Patreon, we could do whatever we want. <laughs> that is also
0: true. That is also true. But of course, we want to hear from you guys as well. Um, you know, uh, on the Patreon, you can make co- posts, you can comment on the Patreon posts. You know, we want the Patreon to be a little bit more of an involved community with you guys. You ah. know, so definitely, you know, give us your opinions on things you want to see um uh we'll definitely have some polls uh at certain times to let you guys choose some stuff Um, and yeah and you know we're just gonna kind of adjust things as we go and uh, see how things play out yeah also be sure to let us know if
1: there's like any content or anything you guys would want to see or you know we're doing commentaries and various reviews and stuff like that but if you guys are interested in seeing us do more stuff we can certainly add some more uh, content to these tiers
0: because we don't want you guys paying for nothing we want you guys to be able to pay
1: for cool stuff and if you have anything that
0: we're not doing that we should be doing let us know yeah we want to be worth your while and we want you guys to have some input as well so uh, yeah please let us know if you guys uh, if you guys want us to dive into some horror comics or some horror games Ooh. let us know we could always uh, get into something like that um uh, we have many options many ideas and uh, we're excited to uh, continue to flesh this out. Um, uh, If you want more material, because this is uh, the tier one episode. So if you want uh, access to the commentary and new release episodes, you got to bump yourself up a tier. Uh, only a few more dollars to uh, do that. So uh, if you are listening to this and you go, oh, wait, no, I do want more Patreon stuff. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to bump it up a little bit. If yeah. you want, if you're feeling it, we know it's the holidays um, or as of listening to this later uh after the holidays you know so it's like you know it is a bit of a tough time uh for money but hey uh for the for two dollars that's that's the cost of a taco that sure Uh, is that is (laughs) one taco less for you to have for the month in order to get some bonus these prices material. now, Devon might even be
1: half a taco. You know, what I'm saying everything is getting so expensive these days. I uh, know <laughs> you're not going to the right. You're
0: not going to the right street. Oh, you mean trucks. like a, like a street guy? Or I thought you were talking about like a Del Taco or like a Taco oh, Bell. No, 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 no. We we live in L.A., Garrett. I don't recognize Del Taco <laughs> and Taco Bell out here. It is all we have access to the best food trucks in uh, the taco trucks in the country here. And Apple people shit sti- me. <laughs> I, I, I give my shit I, I give my friend shit about that all the time. I'm like, what are you doing at Del Taco when when you got uh, Diego down the street with you know homemade fucking got the pineapple on hey, the, sometime, on the thing?
1: Sometimes you want a, a crunch wrap. Sometimes you just want, you know, sometimes you want that Baja Blast.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Convenience is key. Uh, which is a uh, key for this as well. Um, so yeah, hope you guys enjoyed our first installment of Watching the Watchlist. Uh, right now, you guys can find me on all the social media platforms at underscore daddy disco, including Letterboxd. You guys should be uh, following both of us on Letterboxd to, uh, you know, keep in on the fun yeah. uh, as well. You guys can stalk our watchlist and try to influence uh, the other person if you want to so make sure you guys are following us there and uh you can hear me over on the Pod and pendulum doing other podcast shenanigans as well and uh, where can the people find you Garrett? now you guys can find me over on twitter and letterboxd and tiktok
1: at garrett mcdowell i've also got another podcast it's a star wars podcast it's called scum and villainy and we have new episodes every thursday and uh, all of the
0: info for that uh, should be listed below We both do two podcasts, yet we still want to give you guys more here. That's how much we love talking. We're
1: just dedicated or we have too much free time. We we love hearing ourselves talk. That's really the main thing. We're
0: just both raging narcissists. (laughs) All right. We'll catch you guys later. But. Now go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.